alongside Nate Katie, I'm Alex Martin. Happy to have you with us this week as uh, we talk all things Sporting Kansas City. And unfortunately, got to start on a little bit of a sour note. 2-0 loss last weekend at home to CF Montreal. It was a, a bummer of a game. You could just tell in the post-game reactions from players on the field, in the locker room. It was uh, a game that presented a lot more questions than answers for this team trying to get things on the right track, winless through the first 10 weeks of the season. But hey, we can go up from here, Nate Bucati. That is uh, the mindset and and things were looking a little bit more positive uh, out of the facilities this week as the team now gets set to take on the Seattle Sounders this weekend. Nate is on the call for that one with Tony Miola on Big Fox. So uh, we'll, we'll talk all of that. And uh, speaking of Tony Miola, he is our guest on the show today. Coming up here in just a few minutes in our second segment, we have a long conversation with Tony all about sporting Kansas City's struggles. He tells us his favorite thing about Nate uh, towards the end. So you want to stick around for that interview to hear uh, uh, that great conversation. And then to wrap up the show, we'll preview a little bit more of that game on the road against the Seattle Sounders. But uh, first off, Nate, how are you doing? You had a busy weekend, doubleheader calling uh, some MLS action and now back uh, in the booth calling some Sporting KC action this weekend. But uh, first want to hear about your travels and your weekend in MLS. Oh, I don't know anybody cares about that, Allie, besides I... you. That's very nice of you. I, I, it, was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a busy weekend, yes. This is my second straight week of back-to-back games, Saturday, Sunday. And by the way, not complaining, I'll take all the games they want to throw my way. Um, it's, it's fun, it's exciting, it's hectic. You know, and making sure to it's it's a little confusing to prepare for two different games at the exact same time. But you know, the make the, it work. It's it's part of the gig, and it's fun to get to call games. That's what I love to do. So yeah, I had Nashville Atlanta, which was a really good game um, on Saturday. But then I had the Minnesota FC Dallas game, and that was not so good. That was the fourth nil nil draw that Tony Miola and I have called <laughs> together already so far this season. So uh, that wasn't so great. One of them was a Sporting Kansas City game against uh, the Rapids earlier this year as yep. well. This weekend I'm actually going to be traveling more because I did both of those games for Fox from a studio, same place. This time I'm going to Nashville on Friday, which I'm excited about. I haven't been to Nashville in over yeah. 20 years. That And it's, I got a chance to call a game at Geodis Park yeah. this year for the She Believes Cup. Yeah. Really impressed with that cool. stadium. Really impressed. It was yeah. it as advertised. And Nashville, of course, a, a great – city to visit and has boomed in recent years so uh, you'll have a good time I, Nate never uh never lets a trip go to waste no like, he, he no. packs in if you don't yeah. know this if you haven't heard about his adventures uh different stops so far this year he he packs it in so I watched the I watched a a Kansas City native named Ellie Smart win the extreme high dive national championships in Fort Lauderdale this past weekend which was really cool. Uh, Buster Olney has given me a couple of dining spots that I need to go to in Nashville from back when he went to college at uh, Vanderbilt because I'm the kind of guy, yeah. I like the old school authentic place, not the new chic hip place. You don't want to go to the chain uh, on Broadway? No, I don't want <laughs> to go there. Um, and uh, I'm the same way about my Kansas City barbecue, by the way. I like the classics more than the, I, hey, the new stuff is fine. It's fine. It, it does, but, but I like the old stuff. So anyways, I'm going to do that. Then Sunday morning, flying down to uh, to go to the studio to call this Sporting Kansas City Seattle game. Wish I could be there in person, but that's just the way that this is. This is modern technology. This is the way the world works. There's not, you know. Anyways, and yeah. so um, gonna be calling that game on Big Fox with Tony Miola. How how cool is that? It's a pinch yourself moment for me, um, getting to be on the network with one of the guys that I grew up, you know, really uh, being a fan of as a as a Wizards player and U.S. Men's National Team player and all that. So. 
Uh, I wish the circumstances were better for Sporting Kansas City mm-hmm. going into this game. You got top of the table versus bottom of the table, but um, we don't get to control those things. And this is MLS, Anything so you just happen. never know what's going to happen. You and just don't know. You're certainly going to have a hungry Sporting Kansas City team. Not sure how much can be solved in a week's time, but we know that they have the pieces on this team to get things figured out. But Nate, that 2-0 loss to CF Montreal, that was just about as dejected as I've seen the team um, ever, ever mm-hmm. in my five years of, of being around the team in different capacities and covering them. Johnny Russell stood on the field with a thousand foot dead blank stare for mm-hmm. a good five minutes once the final whistle blew. And you could just tell that the team was really questioning a lot mm-hmm. and really seemed to have, you know, a lot more questions than they did answers in that moment. Because I think that was a game on paper we thought in that week's time, you get the win in the Open Cup. You kind of turn some of that momentum uh, a few days later over the weekend against a Montreal team that had been struggling. And Montreal didn't look like a team that uh, had a slow start to the season. They were flying in that game uh, in different moments, really well-worked goals, and uh, 2-0. That was all she wrote. Sporting Kansas City just could not find their way back into that game. Not sure how much of it you got to watch because I know all the games kick off at the same time. It's a little hard, but in in your – you know, just kind of watching the highlights back, hearing uh, Peter Vermees in the press conference, having different conversations. Just kind of what's your big takeaway from that result? Well, I watched that game from my hotel room, and, and it was demoralizing yeah. by halftime again. I mean, I think that's one of the things that's been so tough about this season is that by halftime, a lot of times you just feel like uh, there's, there's nothing positive to talk about. And it was interesting. You know, I went out to – Sporting Kansas City's presser today with Peter Vermees, and and, um, and we're going to hear from Tony Miola. We were on the Zoom calls that they do for the broadcasters uh, coming up to the games. You know, and it's a different vibe a few days later. You know, yep. after the game, Johnny Russell, I mean, he, he encapsulated, I think, the emotions of the fans, of everybody watching. Um, it's maddening. It's it's upsetting. It's frustrating. And, and it, it feels hopeless. And by Thursday... And I look, I've been around, Allie, I've been around some losing in my life. I mean, the first year that I did the KU women's basketball games play-by-play, they did not win a single conference game, 0-18. I did 18 straight losses, you know. Um, when I traveled with the Kansas City Royals for four years, they lost 400 games in those four years. Uh, clearly, I, I don't always exude winning, but Sporting Kansas City did a lot of winning in the eight years that I yeah. was doing. I got, you know, so I got you, to, you yeah. got yours back when yeah, you were, you for know. sure. And, I, you know, hey, I, you know, so I, I saw some teams win, too. But I, my point is I've been around losing, and I know what it does psychologically to people. It saps you of your confidence. It, it causes it, – it, it makes everything suck. You know, the food doesn't taste good around you. The, you know, nobody feels like they're doing a good job in the organization, even if they don't have any – direct impact on what's happening on the field Mm -hmm. and um but i also know because i've been around professional athletes that the word professional means something and it means that you show up the next day and you do your job you know there's whatever you're if you're listening to this show right now and you do a job for a living you have good days and bad days sometimes you have bad months sometimes you have things that are going on in your personal life at home that you have to drop at the door when you walk in and you have to just kind of forget about it and do your job for the eight-hour shift that you're on or whatever it is. That is being a professional. The definition is you're paid to do this. You need to be a pro. And these guys are pros, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and talking to them today, 
you got to find a way to believe that this is the week that it's going to turn around. This is the week that something better is going to happen. And I got that from Roger Espinoza, that sense today. I got that, that sense from Peter Vermees today. Roger talked a lot about this Seattle team that they're about to play, that they lost to in the first round of the playoffs. And it was kind of like the wild card game back in those days, in 2016, I believe it was, when, when Seattle won the MLS Cup. Seattle was dead and buried. They came to Children's Mercy Park and got smoked on a day game in which Clinton Dempsey never really left the center circle the whole game. And Ziggy Schmidt got fired. And they, but more importantly than the manager getting fired, they brought in Nico Ladero. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they went and they won MLS Cup. And Roger Espinoza is explaining that to the young guys on the team here. There have been teams that have been in a terrible spot halfway through the season who got hot, put things together. And I think that for sporting, they're hoping that as we still haven't seen real Alan Polito yet. We haven't seen real Gotti Kinda yet. As those guys come into the fold and become hopefully the designated players they were always uh, meant to be, th- then I think their hope is that then they can be something like that. And you might be listening to this and go, oh, that sounds like a fairy tale. This team doesn't look anywhere close. Fair, fair play to you if that's how you feel. But if you're one of those guys, you have to believe that's true. Absolutely. And, it's, and, and then you have to go try to make it happen. That's such a good point, though, too, where it's like, of course, the players have to choose that narrative, because how else do you pull yourself out of this if you think anything else? Yeah, you have to believe that there is some hope in the (laughs) season because there are it's only been 10 games. I know 10 games is a lot of a lot of games and it is a good sample size for sure. It's a terrible way to start a season, but you've got more than 20 left. And other competitions that you're competing in as well. Sporting Kansas City uh, next week have an, a midweek Open Cup game on the road against the Houston Dynamo. They've got Leagues Cup coming up this summer. So there's no time to, to really wallow in it. But uh, I do think it is important to play this clip because I, we can talk about how, you know, where this team was after that CF Montreal game, how low things have gotten for the sporting Kansas City team, but no one encapsulated that better than the captain, Johnny Russell, in the locker room post-match. I don't know how you fix it. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. We just don't look anything like the team that we were. I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know how to fix it. just don't look anything like the team we were. I genuinely don't know how to fix it. Not something you often hear from the captain, but, Nate, I feel like the message is going to be different this week. I think you take a day, you recollect yourself, you have some time to kind of move on from it, move on from those emotions, separate yourself from those emotions, maybe face them a little bit. But then, you, like you said, you leave it at the door, you get back to work what do you think that this Sporting Kansas City team is working on? Or is it really just because, you know, we talk to Peter each week and, you know, they're the questions are, you know, how do you, how do you start finding the back of the net? And, and how do you start doing this? Johnny told us uh, on our broadcast call leading up to the game against Montreal last week, you know, I asked him, hey, you guys have been in stretches where you can't stop scoring goals in games. You had all these multiple goal game wins. You have these games where you just – can find your way back into it. No deficit was was too big for Sporting to find their way back into a game. You know what was the common denominator when the, when things were going well? And he's like, Allie, that's what's crazy. It's like we we don't do anything that's all that different. It really is just momentum, the mentality, how much the team is clicking, and things like that. But how do you, how do you work on that? How do you improve that? How do you change that from week to week to get the team in a place where they can go out 
and get that first win. Well, a couple of things that uh, that I spoke with Peter Vermees about today when I went out to the uh, the the presser was the the need for consistency defensively. Now, we, we the offense is an issue as well, right? They're not scoring enough mm -hmm. goals. They're not creating enough good chances. We know that. But you got to also avoid those defensive breakdowns. You know, totally. through the course of a game, when you find yourself behind two nothing at halftime, it's a uh, it's a it's a real problem for your team, and and especially when you don't have any confidence, it's demoralizing, and and the players have admitted that it's demoralizing to them. It's not if, if you if you'd won four games and come from behind fashion already this year, and you give up a goal early, we've seen that sporting team just a couple years ago. Yeah. They had one of those types of teams where they'd fall behind, and you go, well, they're going to come back. They do every time. Yep. You knew it as a fan. The team knew it. They don't feel that way right now. So giving up those early goals, to me, the job number one is to stop doing that. And, um, you know, I talked to Peter about the lack of consistency on the back line. And, unfortunately, that's been a theme for this team for mm -hmm. a while now, for a few years now. But whether it's guys getting red cards, which there's been three of them already. Yep. Fullbacks getting injured. There hasn't been a consistent back line yet in terms of the guys getting to know each other. I thought the first goal they gave up. Um, this past weekend was a per pure, perfect example of these guys don't they're not on the same page they don't mm -hmm. they're not anticipating what their teammates are doing right now yeah. Bryce Duke at that back post I yeah mean, that yeah it's just they carved happened. them right open because yeah. they, they weren't in sync and so I talked with Peter about that a little bit we might play those comments later on in the show I think that's number one you got to find some chemistry on the back line you have to find a way to uh, to play collectively there and then, and, and and that's easier said than done when you don't have the consistency. But they've got that's got to be what they're working on right now. In the attack, this this stat, I mean, to me, Paul Carr put it out there, and it's it's just speaks volumes. They're fifth in the league in shot attempts, but they are averaging the farthest distance of any shot attempt. Uh, they they average 21 yards. That the average shooting at three yards beyond the penalty area. That's the farthest in the league. I mean, I have my theories about it. We'll talk about that with Tony Miola as well. But for me, guys have to be more dangerous. Guys have to be a little more patient. Um, but also, they need some vision. You know, they, they and I think that when you keep hearing people referencing guys trying to do too much, I think on the defensive end, that might be a guy abdicating his responsibility to go try to make the tackle to win the ball back. Well, now he's out of position and everybody else is in trouble. Yep. I think offensively, a lot of times it's, I've got the ball, we need a goal, I can see the goal from here, and I can hit this, I'm just going to go ahead and have a go. When maybe the better a a attitude is, this isn't the shot we need right now, we can get a better shot than this, let's be a little patient and let's keep looking for that shot. Um, and I, I also do think that Gadi Kinda coming back and becoming more of a threat in the attack, they need a creative playmaker in that number 10 role mm -hmm. right now. And so I, I hope— And they need Gadi advanced up the field. It, there were yeah. a few times in that Montreal game where I, I felt like he was just a little bit deeper. And, of course, that may have been just him trying to drop back and get on the ball to mm -hmm. then try to drive things forward because the team was, was trying to, to climb their way back in the game and find a goal. But not just having him— you know, in that more central advanced position, but driving the game, being higher up the field, being in those dangerous areas, because that's where they need Gotti Kina and that's where they need Alan Polito. We'll talk about more of Sporting Kansas City and their upcoming match against the Seattle Sounders coming up next with uh, Sporting KC and MLS legend Tony Miola on the call this weekend with our own Nate Bucati. That's all coming up next here on the Sporting Kansas City Show. Radio 810. 
Nate Bucati Katie with me, Allie Trost Martin here, and now we've got a Sporting Kansas City and MLS legend on the line, Tony Miola, joining us here to help preview this Sporting Kansas City and Seattle Sounders matchup this Sunday, 3.30 p.m. Central Time. And uh, how about this? We've got the two guys who are going to be on the call for Fox, Tony Miola and Nate Bucati. I'll let you guys kind of talk this one out as you've, uh, you've had some maybe – not as exciting games uh, at times this season, but this one, uh, Nate and Tony, I know uh, is going to be a good one, even though Sporting Kansas City's got to try and uh, find something out of this match on Sunday. Yeah, you know what, Ali, I'll start. It's so much better that you're hosting rather than Nate um, on this show. Um, I think that's that's the starting point. But, yeah, good, good to chat with you guys. Matt, um, yeah, Nate and I have had a couple nil-nil draws. I don't see this one coming up as a nil-nil draw. It's been a tough, uh, tough road uh, for Peter and this group. And, and uh, I mean, the, 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 the numbers have been documented. We know what's going on. Um, it's unusual that a team like this goes 10 games without winning, and, and there's a little bit of pressure there. But Nate and I have been talking all week. Uh, obviously, we have an affinity for the club for, for various reasons between the two of us um and it's it's tough to tough to watch them go through this but um they certainly and i think nate you'll agree right they certainly have the names uh and the ability within this group to to turn this thing around and and this is for me uh nate one of the mysteries of major league soccer this year yeah i mean look we we played the comments tony earlier on the show from from johnny russell and I don't know that I've ever seen a guy more at his wits' end uh, than he was after the game the other day when he just flat out said, I-, I have no idea how to fix it. I mean, I think that's also a guy that's in the emotional um, aftermath of, of a game like this past weekend. And I know, Tony, you and I were on the Zoom calls today uh, with, with the Sporting Kansas City guys, and you can tell just the difference it makes being three days removed, right? I mean, obviously the guys still aren't happy about the way this season's gone, and they understand – that it's it's in dire straits and they've got to turn things around, but it's still at least it, it. You can sense that they can still screw themselves up by a Wednesday or a Thursday, to believing that they can still turn things around. And I, I don't know about you, Tony, but I I thought that was a message that was really uh, delivered to us by Roger Espinosa today that they still believe there's something to to get done in this season and that they have the players to do it. Yeah, look, and I know, Ali, you probably got a bunch of questions, but just to follow up on Nate here is, yeah, they, I think they came into this season, and this certainly isn't what they thought was going to happen based on the guys that are here, uh, the experience they have in the group. And you mentioned Roger being on that call, you know, and he kind of joked with this right at the beginning. You know, I'm supposed to be sitting around this year watching this group win, you know, and, and kind of, you know, kind of lighthearted comment, and we, we all kind of chuckled on that call, and but I, uh, I truly think that that's what everyone in this group, Ali, thought was going to happen, uh, was that, that they would be competing and they would get better through the year. And um, Now they're, in, they're just in a fight to get points right now, to get goals, to get points. And, you know, Ali, they've got to go to Seattle, which is not an easy place to play uh, to try and do that. A really tough game coming up. Seattle leading MLS with six shutouts through ten matches. They've yet to concede a goal in five home games at Lumen Field. Not a great stat to read uh, if you're a Sporting Kansas City fan as that team is struggling to score goals. So, Tony, that's where I want to start with you. 
what has been missing up top for Sporting Kansas City? Because like you guys said, they've got the names. We've seen so many guys on this uh, roster for Sporting KC score goals in, in numbers. And it's just not clicking this year. The chemistry has been off. You look at the the passing networks after games, but the eye test will tell you the same thing. There's just, is it a lack of chemistry? Is it a, a tactics thing? What's going on? Yeah, it, I'm kind of in, uh, I'm in Camp Johnny Russell right now <laughs> <laughs> and watching a bunch. You know, seriously, because you can't put your finger on it, but um, I, Nate, you'll have to remind me. I think it was match day two of the season yep. where you and I had them in Colorado. Okay, it was match day two. And we came out of that game and we looked at each other at the final whistle and we went off air like, man, how did they lose that game? You know, and, and well, of course, they lost it because uh, William Yarbrough, the goalkeeper for Colorado, stood on his head. I think he was goalkeeper of the week that week or at least in the, the, the team of the week and all of that stuff. And you thought, OK, there's some pieces here. They're going to attack. They're going to be sort of a typical sporting Kansas City side, tough to break down. And um, it's been everything but since then. And. I, you know, looking at last week, a little bit disheveled in the back and the way they got picked apart. And I, I, it's interesting because Pete said on our on our call something to the effect that, uh, and it's what you hear all the time, guys are trying too hard. And that seems like a, an odd thing to say, um, you know, because the reality is we want everyone to try hard when you're playing <laughs> in a match <laughs> like this. But I think he was getting to, you know, guys making decisions sort of aggressive decisions in the moment that don't necessarily fit what what is needed in that moment type thing. And I, there's a little bit of that, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a lack of confidence. And when you get punched in the gut so many times, you're going to have a lack of confidence. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to, to get out of that rut. We see it in different sports. But I think, you know, I, I don't think that anyone thought that they were going to be in this position. I don't think anybody thought that they were going to be at the top of the Western Conference uh, this season. I do think um, that they thought they would be in playoff contention. Uh, but th- this, has been, this has been a hard watch. Um, and Nate uh, can tell you about the, the one stat, I think, that sticks out with regards to shooting because he knows it better than I and the distance and all of that stuff. But, yeah, they, they've, they've got to have things click. Um, and, and they've got to get a couple of breaks along the way. I mean, is They've only scored three goals, but you think like at this time of the year, Nate, you're going to – all those shots from distance, like you're going to get one that deflects off the defender and goes and wrong puts the goalkeeper. You have something to to spark you, uh, to get you going, and it just hasn't happened. It, it really is incredible, Nate. Yeah, you know, Tony, to that, that stat that you're talking about, Sporting Kansas City are fifth in Major League Soccer in shot attempts but they averaged the longest range per shot attempt of any team in the league at 21 yards. Crazy. I mean, that's that's three yards outside the penalty area. And the game that you talked about that we did together in Colorado, I thought was a perfect example. Yeah, Yarbrough made a ton of saves, but were any of them spectacular saves? Maybe one or two of the rebound shots that he saved were, were really impressive. But for the most part, they just they're not breaking teams down. And so when we talked to, to Peter and, and Roger, I asked them both the question about it. The word patience was used. Obviously, I think that ties in, Tony, to what you're saying about guys wanting to be the hero a little bit. Like, hey, man, I, I'm open, and I'm within shooting range at least. Instead of maybe picking your head up and making a pass like, say, we saw Brian Gutierrez make in that Chicago game you and I called. He, he made an extra pass. The, uh, he passed up a, a, an okay shot 
for a tap-in for his teammate. And I don't know how many times sporting players are doing that, but I also do think we, we talk, we've talked about the designated players that have been out. Alan Polito clearly is not in the form right now that he was before he had all these knee injuries. Can he get back to that? And Gadi Kinda has just come back and played a couple 30-minute games. If there's a guy that you feel like could unlock and make that final pass, because let's be honest, the, the spaces tighten up when you get inside mm -hmm. the 18-yard box. And so it takes a special player that can thread that pass through two center backs to the guy that runs in behind or, or whatever the case might be. And they've obviously been missing that type of creative player that that one can see that pass but also can deliver it um, to, to get to some of those moments. So I, 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 I don't know what you think, Tony. Obviously, you know the game better than I do, but maybe it's, it's a combination of all those things coming together for them to try to actually create better chances. Uh, yeah, look, yeah, do we know the game better? Do I? Yeah, Allie asks the question, and my first answer is I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you, you just don't know. And, <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's where they're at right now. I will say this, Allie, from our phone call uh, from Peter's press conference today, I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's a time um, where you can substitute your principles right, with regards to how you want to play. You may tweak things. You may make a, a, a personnel adjustment. Um, you may ask a player to do something a little bit different, take a little more risk here, take a little less risk in this area. But I don't think if you're Peter Vermes, um, now is the time to tinker. Reality is you tinker when things are going well, where you say, okay, things are going well, I want to try this and we go and try this this weekend. I don't think they're at that point. I think simplicity, make it easy, make the instructions easy, don't complicate it for anybody, and you know. And, and the reality is the players have to play better. That, And I think they all know that. And like you said, too, making the right decision, that was a, a message that Vermees has had for the last few weeks now. This isn't even just something that's been a, a recent uh, comment from Vermees about some of the players on the field just needing to make uh, the easier choice, not try too hard. Um, but one thing they need to try to start doing is getting some more chances inside the box. A league low, 46% of their shots have come from inside the penalty area, the most dangerous area on the field if you're trying to score some goals. But, Tony, there is one thing that I know that you do know very well, and that's keeping goals out of uh, the back of the net. And uh, Sporting Kansas City now with a uh, 15 goals against, that is uh, – the third worst in the Western Conference, and they they made some moves to shore up the defense. But I'm curious, from a defensive perspective, from a keeper's perspe perspective, when you're constantly playing behind in games, Sporting haven't had the lead for more than 45 minutes uh, combined this season. You know what? How much of a challenge does that present a defense and the pressure that that puts uh, on the entire team, particularly on the defensive side? Well, that's uh, that 45 minutes. That's that's telling. I didn't I didn't get to that stat. That's uh, that's incredible, um, and that's tough always because every mistake is magnified. Every decision you make uh, becomes more important and becomes a little bit bigger. And um, I, you can see that the, the the pressure clearly mounts on on your defense because you think, well, if we're not scoring goals, then we've got to defend really really well because if we don't. Um, you know, we don't have a chance in this thing. I mean, you guys know the, the progression that goes through somebody's mind when it when that happens, and that's that's all normal. The I, I would imagine the one thing we mentioned Johnny Russell. 
We said we talked to Roger Espinosa. Let's see what happens with Graham Susi this weekend. Uh, sort of the experienced guys, um, Tim Melia, right, who's, who's now back in for Pulse Camp over the last couple of games, actually made some really good saves here tonight. It could have been worse against Montreal. Um, you need those guys uh, to be the calming factors. You, you really do. And, and now, probably more than ever, uh, they need to step up. They're the ones that need to have the answers. Um, the, the, you know, Peter, Peter mentioned something about we can't listen to the noise, right? And I think the noise is, for them, um, it's not the fans, and the, because fans, they, they want the best for the team. And if they think a manager should be out, they're going to let you know. If they think a player is not playing well enough, they're going to let you know. I, I think the noise is forgetting about everything that's going on about making any kind of change. Let's just do what we do. Um, and, and try and get back to it. And it's, it sounds so easy, um, but it really isn't easy. And, again, we see this in all sports. We see teams have these moments. This has been um, probably the, the, the worst. Um, I, can't, I can't think of another stretch for Peter Vermes in his career. I'm trying to go through his playing career in my head really quick as well. Uh, so this is a challenge for him. Um, and we all know Peter, he, he likes to do it his way. Um, but I'm, I'm with him in this one with regards to, I don't think Nate, that this is the time to go and start changing because if you don't want your dressing room to panic, you sort of keep things the same and you live with it. Uh, if you want them to panic, you start changing a lot of things right now. And the, the players will quickly recognize, um, that you're not feeling good about what, you know, you, you know, the way you're going about your business. So I, I'm with them in that regard. Well, I just want to jump in real quick with a slight correction. 62 minutes combined. Uh, that is the amount of time that Sporting's had a lead. It was only 44 minutes in that game against Dallas earlier this season and then 18 minutes in that 4-1 loss to Seattle at home. So that is the combined amount of time that Sporting's had a lead. But, Tony, wow. you're talking about that consistency and uh, – you know, the approach that Vermees ha- has kind of taken and, and the message uh, echoing throughout the locker room right now. We know that this entire organization thrives on consistency, Nate. Yeah, I mean, that's been that's been like kind of the hallmark. You know, I mean, that's what, what's been the strength of having Peter Vermees at the helm for all this time. Um, I, I want to transition over to this, this opponent now, um, Tony, in, in Seattle, because the last time around, Jordan Morris scored four goals. Um, in Children's Mercy Park, and he did it from the number nine position. And Tony and I, Ali, on these on these weekends where we're working these Fox games together, it's kind of fun because I get to sit with with a U.S. Soccer Hall of Famer and talk about all the games in the league with him and and, and pick his brain on all this stuff. Your thoughts, Tony, on like Jordan Morris? Has he been a number nine, like hiding out on the wing all along? Is this just a place where he can go play when they need him to? What what do you make of? Uh, this kind of this year, this MVP run. I know he's one of your candidates for potential MVP this year. Yeah, and what was have eight goals uh, on the season? Um, you know, when he came out of college, no one really knew what he was, right? When Jurgen Klinsmann brought him to the national team out of Stanford, um, everyone kind of looked at, "Who's this kid?" You know, what is Jurgen Klinsmann doing, bringing a college kid who hasn't been around the national team? And um, he was playing as a nine, was playing as a winger. Um, this past weekend, he actually played as a right winger for Seattle. So he's versatile in, in that regard, but he's he's done so much damage at the nine. Obviously, Ever had a little bit of an injury. We know what's going on with Raul Ruiz Diaz. It's going to take a little bit of time. We thought that was going to be a little bit longer. Unfortunate for them, 
Um, but Jordan Morris, I mean, he's he has shown his versatility in a way that has benefited uh, Brian Schmetzer. I, I think uh, it was 2019, if I'm not mistaken, before Jordan Morris got injured, um, we all had him pegged as the, the guy who had the best year for the national team. I mean, he was incredible. Didn't matter where he played at that time, he was incredible. Then he gets the knee injury and is out for a little while, and that takes a little bit of time. Um, he came back a little bit slower, and he, he's, he's divided opinion within U.S. soccer, the U.S. soccer, I'm sorry, the U.S. soccer world, I should say, for the last couple of years. I'm not quite sure why, because year after year after year, he produces, um, and he produces from, from wherever he was. I personally think um, that left winger was probably the, the least appropriate position for him because Jordan Morris can't kick a ball with his left foot. And I'm, I'm joking about that because he does everything with the outside of his right instead of his left. And he used to talk about it. I really got to learn how to shoot with my left. I do everything with the outside of my right. Um, so he's really versatile. He's, he's confident uh, right now. I think there's a hunger within him to sort of, silence people about Jordan Morris with regards to the, the, the negativity he feels. Remember, he went over to uh, to Reading. We thought that was going to work out well. Then he gets the knee injury, and, and it went downhill for a little while. But, man, Jordan Morris is about as back as anybody right now in all of Major League Soccer. Good for him. I uh, mean, I love to see those stories, um, and we'll, we'll see how it turns out this weekend. And his name will be uh, circled on that sheet. Surely uh, a focus for the Sporting Kansas City team that does not want to see him put up four goals against them again. Tony, this is a game, uh, Sporting Kansas City, still looking for that first win of the season. Everything on paper would tell you that Seattle Sounders are the favorite playing at home, a place that they've been so dominant. If Sporting are to come out and get a result in this game, a win, a draw, how are they doing it? It's, it's funny. Nate and I had this conversation. I, I kind of asked Peter, but of course Pete's not going to give us <laughs> tactics for the weekend. But I, I tend to think that you you have to you absolutely in the first half of the game have to stay in the match, right? You can't let them run roughshod for for forty five minutes. Nate, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think, and I know it's it's I don't know what the word it's unsporting uh, unsporting KC, if you will. <laughs> I think you got to sit back. You you endure a little bit of pressure, but you keep the ball in front of you for a while. You slow the game down. Um, you take your time. You, you shorten the match with taking your time in moments. And these are all sort of survival tactics in, in our, our beautiful game. I understand. But I still think that's where sporting is right now um, with regards to their team. It, I think that's the way you get a result. I, I happen to think as much as they need three points, if they walk out of Seattle with a point, Nate, um, they'll feel really good about themselves, regardless of, of if it's a nil-nil or a 1-1 or a 4-4 for that matter. They'll feel good about picking up a point. Not what they need. It's certainly not what they need. They need to pick up points. But you're going to one of the most difficult places in the league to play against one of the best teams in the league that I think most of us, certainly feels a playoff candidate um, and, and certainly feels is one of the teams that could come out of the West. And we know we have the big LAFC as the monster in the West right now. You know, Tony, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more about the approach because, you know, this was earlier in the season before the game at Philadelphia, which is one of the best teams in the league and sporting was already off to a rough start. And um, it's interesting because during our zoom call with Peter today, 
uh, he was asked about what are some of the positives. Can you find any positives that happened so far this year? And that was the first game he referenced. And you remember what I told you that Sporting needed to do before that game, Allie? I said they need to make themselves tough to beat mm -hmm. before they get into looking at beating somebody else, especially in a game like this on the road when you're playing against a team like Philadelphia shown last year that you know they can they can light you up five nothing if if you're not on your game that day and obviously Seattle has shown sporting Kansas City they can put four up on the board if you're not on so I'm with you Tony I think that the job number one for sporting in this game make themselves tough to beat first then if you can go find a way to 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 snatch a goal somewhere um and and you know get even more out of it than a point that's that's a cherry on top but Peter said to himself I wrote it down today he said uh, this was this was towards the end of our call. We've referenced it a lot today, but I think there was a lot of good information that came out of it. He said, uh, "We need to feel good about something. We need this was the word. We need to enjoy something. Mm. And I think that yeah. if you come back from Seattle with a point in your pocket, and you know, and you kept yourself in the game, and you just were tough and gritty." That's feeling. That's enjoying something, right? Absolutely. And then, and then you then you try to build from there. And, and Tony, you played. I and obviously, I have not played in Major League Soccer for obvious reasons, and I never played at the pro level. But traveling with the team the last two years and being on the road and being a part of that that grind for the home games, the away games, the the travel and everything, you kind of can start to understand how much having moments of enjoyment really do matter in, throughout the course of a season because it's a long season. It is a grind, and uh, not having those moments or having them be very few and far between uh, can wear on guys. So they'll be looking for some of that joy this weekend. But, Tony, before we let you go, what's your favorite part of calling games with Nate Katie? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my, no. oh, yes. My favorite part? He's um, going to say when the listen, broadcast is over. <laughs> That's that's actually my second favorite part. The, 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 my favorite part is when I pick him up at the hotel. He, he stays near the studio there. Um, he always has lunch for me. He's got lunch Aww, in the bag. He always hey. asks me about lunch. Bring, yeah, we go to the studio. We now look. It's been, uh, but but that is a true story, by the way, about the lunch. Um, it, it's it's been fun. Um, you know, I, I I think I may have told you on this show maybe i didn't a while back uh but nate said to me in 2018 i called in from russia um at the, the from the world cup when i was calling it for fox and he he said something and i can't remember the game i'm sure it was around uh one of the big matches but he said hey man it'd be great to call a game with you one day and i'm like yeah nate we're on air talking about this but so when this came uh about at the beginning of the year um I text Nate, and I, I don't know if, if I don't remember if he found out first about you know the partnership of the two of us, or I did. But either way, I said, "Hey, remember the whole thing about calling a game together?" I said, "How about we call a whole season together?" You know, I love <laughs> of games, it. and that's that's how yeah, that's how it turned out. But it's been great. Nate, Nate's always prepared. I'll tell you, I've worked with a lot of analysts. Um, he's gotten so much better over the years, loves what he does. Um, I, I, I've enjoyed, um, I've told him, I, I've enjoyed working with him. I've always enjoyed his friendship, but now, you know, working with someone is, is a little bit different. Uh, you've worked with him before, so you know how hard he works in this business. He, mm -hmm. he works as hard as any play-by-play -play guy uh, or gal in this business, and, I, you know, for me, it makes it a heck of a lot easier. 
Man, I'm blushing now. It, it, I think that Tony's reaction when I said that when he was in Russia was the laugh because it seemed pretty <laughs> far-fetched, honestly, at the time. Like, oh, yeah, we'll call games together someday. And, uh, and here we are. So it's awesome. And for somebody like me that grew up in Kansas City watching yeah. Tony play as a legend, it's, it's been a thrill. So I'm looking forward to it this weekend, man. Hopefully, uh, hope, I will say this. If, you, if, you're, <laughs> if, you, if you're into this type of thing, the trend would say that there is at least a good chance at a nil-nil because I think half the games Tony and I have called together so far this year have been that way. Uh, if, it's, if it happens in this one, you'll really know there's a trend hey, going Sporting on. Sporting Kansas so. City would get a lot of joy out of that, <laughs> that's for sure. And uh, uh, you guys are listening. Hey, and, hey Allie. Yeah. Allie, real quick. I, I forgot what Nate's goal call is. I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't have it etched in my head right now. Is there one? <laughs> hey, well, Nate and I are in the same boat right now. Then it sounds yeah. like because uh, it's been a, it's been a tough one over here as well. But uh, no, Tony, thank you so much for taking the time. Looking yeah, forward to uh, your call this weekend. Sporting fans can catch that on FS1, correct? Mm-hmm. 3:30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Central Time. Uh, actually, I th- actually I think I think we're on Big Fox this week. Let me look here. They yeah. trust us again. Oh, yeah, yeah, they trust time. us again. Look at yeah. you guys. How about that? Uh, Broadcast duo five years in the making and uh, Sporting Kansas City fans sure to enjoy the call this yeah. weekend on uh, Big Fox Sporting yeah, Kansas City and Seattle <laughs> Sounders. 3.30 p.m. Central Time is where you uh, can catch that one. And, uh, yeah, hoping for a, a nil-nil draw or something better. Tony, thank you so much for the time, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Nate, we'll Sally. talk to you again real soon. <laughs> thank you. All right, we will take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up here on this week's Sporting Kansas City show. of the Sporting Kansas City Show. A big thanks to Tony Nola for joining us. Great to hear him talk about his relationship with Nate as well. Two of them going to do a great job on the call this weekend. Uh, well, I will say I was expecting a little bit, a few, couple of digs from Tony, but nothing nothing but love for his broadcast partner, Nate Bucati, who was out at Sporting Kansas City training and media availability today and got a chance to catch up with manager Peter Vermees and, and talk with him ahead of this game against the Sounders on Sunday afternoon. And, you know, we talked a lot about with Tony and, and early in the show to, to start things off, the offensive struggles for Sporting Kansas City three goals through 10 games, having a hard time finding the back of the net, but they've also conceded now 15 goals on the season and have had a lot of uh, inconsistencies along that back line. And so that was one of the questions that Nate had for manager Peter Vermees today out at training. I think if, if, you know, it's kind of your mind's eye, right? You have an idea of what could really fit together and, and you could also use some of the, characteristics or attributes of an individual um, in a way it might be completely different than another player. Um, You know, like an example is Jake has come in and played very well at the right back. I mean, really well. His, his positioning, his calmness, uh, his decision-making, like all of those, his, his, his decisions on the ball, his decisions off the ball, like his timing to go forward, just, they've been very good. Um, but you also have to keep that same standard and concentration as you move forward, right? You don't want to drop off of that. Um, and so I, wh- what I would say is I, that, that's a, su- I don't mean this in a negative way, but that's a real surprise to me uh, of the level at which he has come out and played in that position because he doesn't play there on a regular basis, but he's really adapted well to it. But a lot of it has to do because he has a very good attitude. 
Um, getting back to your original point is what I would say is, is that I, I do have an idea in my head what I think could be uh, some of the characteristics of some of the players all playing together and then at the same time some things that you could do a little differently with those players as well, which I think it would enhance the way that we want to play. Um, we just haven't had the ability to, to, to get those guys out on the field yet. And that's going to take a little time. All right, so there is Nate Bucati talking with the manager, Peter Vermees, talking about some of those inconsistencies. Injuries played a part in that. Some of the red cards and suspensions have played a part in that. Just need to start finding some of that consistency, getting players back into the lineup. Can Jake Davis be an answer for the team at right back? Logan and Denbe now back at left back. Tim Leibold still working his way back. Graham Zusi questionable this week after being out the last couple of games with a muscle strain. So hopefully starting to see some more depth in some of these defensive positions for Sporting Kansas City and just more of that focus and concentration that discipline in game no more red cards from here on out all right I'm uh I'm putting that out there uh but Sporting Kansas City a tough task this weekend on the road against the Seattle Sounders their first place in the Western Conference last year's CONCACAF Champions League champions they missed out on the playoffs last year but with the way that they had to start that season and putting everything into CCL um I I think it was uh, kind of an okay but Never okay for the Sounders who uh, have high aspirations and always want to be in the mix and, and in a winning position. But missed out on the playoffs last year, have been off to a flying start this year. They've got uh, one of the uh, leaders in the MVP race early on here, Jordan Morris. He leads the league with eight goals already on the season. Four of those coming against Sporting Kansas City in that loss at home a few weeks ago. That was a game Sporting Kansas City would like to forget, but it's going to be a tough game ahead for Sporting Kansas City. On paper, this is a game that looks like the Sounders should have it. Anything ha can happen, though, in Major League Soccer, as we know. And for Sporting Kansas City, like Peter Vermees was telling Nate, and he talked about it earlier in the show, just got to start finding those little moments of joy, things that you can enjoy in a game, uh, in a result, to start to build some of that momentum, start to build this team back up. That would be a, a huge huge thing for them this week that they can go out and get a result on the road against the Seattle Sounders. 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can catch that game on ESPN Kansas City with myself and Jacob Peterson. Watch Nate Bucati and Tony Miola on Big Fox calling all of that action. We've got you covered on both sides, uh, and that's going to be a good one for some Sunday afternoon footy. Sporting Kansas City looking to get back on track. For Nate Bucati, Tony Miola, I'm Allie Trost Martin saying thanks for listening, and we will see you right back here next week on the Sporting Kansas City. City show.